0: Welcome to Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast where you get to follow along with a client in real therapy sessions.
1: And you'll hear two licensed psychotherapists. That's us. Breaking it down afterwards, so you get a look behind the curtain. In this episode, you get a twofer. First, you'll hear about six minutes of my session with Andrew.
0: Only six minutes since Doug ran out of batteries on his recorder.
1: Uh, we'll break that down, and then you'll get part two, Andrew's full session the following week with his thoughts about going to his brother's bachelor party.
0: And then we'll break down how to reframe the narrative and apply choice versus obligation.
1: Stick around. It's a twofer. Welcome. Welcome. I am Doug Friedman.
0: And I am Meredith Levy.
1: And this is Your Mental Breakdown. Hi, Doug. Hello. How it's been have you been? so long. I know. It's been like 30 seconds since I saw you. I know. You asked me about Beckett, so I'll tell you and fill everybody else in. Yeah, he
0: seemed grumples this, this morning.
1: Yeah, so last night or yesterday, he fell into the neighbor's pool. And I don't think he's experienced (laughs) a pool before. What? Yeah. He was, in all fairness, he was playing with their dog who he's best friends with and they were running around and I think he just slipped in (laughs) and my neighbor heard it. I didn't even hear it right away. Can he swim? I I mean, he can doggy paddle. Okay. Right. I (laughs) I guess. But he didn't know how to get out of the pool because he had slipped into it. Mm. He didn't know that there were stairs, you know, right right at the side or whatever. So he was trying to climb up on the side and he he didn't know what he was doing. And I kind of ran out there as soon as my neighbor was like, oh my God, I think think Beckett fell in the pool.
0: Did your neighbor just say, I think... Beckett fell in the pool and just stay in the house?
1: No, 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 no. Okay. We, were, we were sitting outside oh, just oh, oh. hanging out. Okay. Um, and the dogs were in his front yard is like a forest. It's amazing. Nice. Um, with a pool. And he has heard that sound before because they have raccoons that fall <gasps> into their pool. He had to like rescue some a few times. Oh my God. It's not uncommon for that area. Sure. Um, we've had a bear come to our front door.
0: Yeah, that's happened. That happens in downtown LA. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right so i you know pulled him out when he was trying to claw his way out but he was i mean clearly soaked because he'd been in the pool but scared the crap out of him i think poor kid was traumatized oh for sure when we got home he just curled into fetal position doggy fetal position and (gasps) just passed out
0: see look at how intuitive i am yeah you knew he was super grumpy this morning
1: yeah that's Barked in my
0: face, I must punched him.
1: Well, that's saying hello. That's how he says hello.
0: And don't yell at me, Peter. I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't actually punch him.
0: They'll just kick him. <laughs> JK.
1: Oh no. yeah. I mean, he's super chill now, but he even that barking thing, he's a vocal dog. I mean, I every time I come home and he's not already with me, that's the greeting I get. He's barking, he's yelping, he's whining, which is a trip. My last dog was totally silent.
0: R.I.P. Man. Franklin.
1: Yeah, my boy. Anyhow, that's my doggie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm just great, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's all we're revealing to our audience today. What's 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 going on this oh. week? What did we hear?
0: Well, so again, once again, people just love your analogies.
1: <laughs>
0: just especially the stick one, the driving.
1: The driving stick one? Yeah. Right. Just...
0: A lot of a lot of people just loved that one.
1: Interesting. So
0: yeah. they are going to be super excited for the next couple of episodes coming up because <laughs> there are some epic ones. Yeah. So just wanted to give you a little kudos for that.
1: That's right. We get the Star Wars one. Oh so. yes,
0: we do. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. So excited. Yep. Someone wanted to know: Do you ever combine your music into your
1: work? Interesting. I will answer that two ways. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Once in Icelandic and once in English. Um, One way is no, I don't. Great. My, my music is separate. I used to do it under a different name and keep it entirely separate from this. Okay. Some clients would know that I've played music and they'd ask about it and it's a really tough one. Kind of go, well, you can find it online if you're adept and, and maybe you do and maybe you don't. And you know, then I was like, sure, I can share something and we can talk about it if we need to. But for the most part, I'd say 90 high 90s percent of the time. I, no, it's okay. completely separate. Okay. The other way I'll answer it is absolutely. But it's not my music that I've written. It's my experience as a songwriter. My experience as somebody creative, my experience working in the business, mm. my experience with other musicians, uh, other bands, other executives. Right. That I absolutely pull from all the time. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Great answer. Thank you. You're welcome. I get credit. Yep. Another thing you talked about starting in the middle and going either way. Either way. Right. Um,
1: either or either.
0: I feel like it's both, but that's a great question. Right. When you said either and then I said either, I was like, why am I doing that?
1: <laughs> you did something I love and trained myself to do. What? You said often. Yeah. And my dad from, you know, the Boston area uh, would say often a lot. And I grew up saying often, but I liked often. So I trained myself to try to say often as often as I could. Right. And I learned how to do it because I just thought it sounded cooler. I mean, it's something that you don't think of in the moment when you're saying it, but right after the fact, (laughs) you totally hear it. Good job. Thank you.
0: So in terms of starting in the middle. Yep. People just wanted to know more about it. I think that it was a concept that people hadn't really ever thought of. Right. So there was a lot of curiosity about it.
1: Right, and it's it, to me, goes back to the thing that drives you and me crazy about grammar, what they taught us in school, starting where the client's at.
0: Right. Right. Right.
1: Which grammatically incorrect, but I think clinically very sure. relevant. Yes. That idea of start where they are. Yeah. Um, and don't end with a preposition.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, coin that.
1: <laughs> you said it, you coined it. You know, okay. you, when we first started talking about right. that a while ago and you said, never end a sentence with a preposition. Um, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That idea of starting where they are is to me in the middle. I want a picture of where they want to be. That's like we talked about uh, doing the five or 10 years from now or, right. or if this was the last session. So I, I want to know you know, going forward, the future, what that looks like. And we'll talk about some stuff in the past because we'll see some patterns or we'll we'll dig around a little bit. But starting in the middle is really just a way to go, well, what's going on right now? What's on your mind right now?
0: So as opposed to just coming in and being like, when I was two years old. Exactly. Do you remember in...
1: (laughs) Counting work? (laughs) Goonies. Oh, Goonies. Yeah.
0: And then, and then... Well that was in fifth grade, I oh, yeah, made yeah. these bar yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's tied up yeah. and he's
1: have to, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> my favorite. I love that. Not nice to reference.
0: minimize anybody's trauma when they were two, but okay. So, and then I think also starting in the middle, not just in therapy, but like for the most part can kind of is applicable to life in general. Right.
1: Well, I mean, we've talked about this before, the idea of wanting to give everybody the f- a full picture, all the information. Right. And there's this pressure on our, ourselves that we need to give all of that and right. the whole story. That's too much pressure.
0: Right. So like when you meet someone, for example, like if you're starting to date someone or whatever, it's right. like they don't need the whole picture. Right. They can You can just meet them and then sort of move forward and then eventually like move backward a little bit.
1: Totally. No, our brains will want to know the backward. We'll right. want to know about, right. tell me about your other relationships Right. Or, right. you know, what What exactly. happened when you were five. And and.
0: But you don't want to start there because that's just TMI.
1: Right, right, right. And where you want to go, I mean, some people, I mean, dating is a different thing. If you're like, no, I want to have kids in two years and I want to do this and I want to have a house and I want this. and that, Okay, that tells you where you are yeah. right now is thinking of where you want to be. But that's almost, that's not starting in the middle. That's starting... Yeah. out there.
0: I mean, right? in case anyone's curious, I I do not want to have kids. <laughs> just so you know.
1: Right there, you. My are. niece and nephew are my life. I was just gonna say, but you're an amazing aunt.
0: Yes, I'm the best auntie in the world. So
1: auntie or auntie? Auntie. Okay.
0: Well, it started out as auntie forever. Now my niece Jordan is way too cool. She decided <laughs> that she can't call me auntie anymore, even though her friends still do. And then my nephew, Brayden, we were in Africa and all his friends like had these little accents and then Mm. they called me auntie. And so now he calls me auntie.
1: Aw. Yeah. Sweet. Yep. Speaking of calling uh, and relatives. So. Yeah. Good news and bad news for the next session. Yeah. Yeah. The good news is we had contact from brother. Yep. Right. Bad news is the session actually got cut off, which super sucks, totally my fault user error. Mm-hmm. Um the batteries in my recording thing died while we were recording. I didn't even notice until afterwards like oh fuck, we got 6 minutes. Shit. Hate so, when that happens. Right. So what we'll what we'll do is we'll play you guys the, you know, the 6 minutes or 5 minutes whatever it was that we did record so you get to hear that. And then we'll come right back and just sort of break that down and, and fill in a little piece. And then we'll go from there and go into the session that happened the following week with more more to it than just five minutes. Sounds good. All right. So listen in on Drew talking about getting a call from his brother or text from his brother. And just in case you weren't with us previously, to give a quick recap, Drew, 24-year-old from small town in the Pacific Northwest, actually from a very small town in Canada, then near Seattle. Um, He's in LA doing some work and is really trying to find his authenticity. And in the middle of this, trying to repair some trauma history with mom, with an attempted suicide of mom when he was a, a young teenager and shortly after that, he and brother didn't speak for nearly 10 years. And his brother is now getting married. And you'll hear what happens when his brother texts him and hits him up. And here it is.
2: My brother hit me up the other day.
1: Really? Yeah. He, uh, wow, we're gearing up for that. And I, I guess
2: I know. We'll dive right in. Here it is. How was um, that? He... I mean he texted me, he invited me to his bachelor party, mm-hmm. which uh, I immediately called my dad and I was like, Yo, Pops, like I don't know what to do with this. Like I don't I don't I don't wanna go, you know, I don't know him, it's not what I wanna do. Right. And then his rebuttal was like, You gotta support the family, like this isn't like necessarily about you. And you know, i I feel that. Like, I, I totally understand that. Um mm. So uh, yeah, and I texted him, I'm like, Yeah, man, send me the details. And that's all that we've kind of that was it. So I don't really know. Well, let's 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 jump right in. Yeah, right. Yeah, because this is
1: we've been talking about talking about this. Right. 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 And you know, we said we got time before the wedding. Mm-hmm. Bachelor party. That's creeping up.
2: It's like in it's like in four weeks.
1: Yeah, that's that's <laughs> wild.
2: Yeah.
1: So that idea of I don't know him. Mm-hmm. Right. We're talking about your brother specifically. Mm-hmm. And your experience of that relationship, yeah. you've got some preconceived notions, some subjectivity to it. It's hard to really step outside and see it. Yeah. Right. I totally agree. You know, the pictures in Harry Potter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like yeah, how yeah. they move and all that, right? Right. Yeah. It's that snapshot that is still moving, is still active. I might be thinking of it as that was a snapshot, like a Polaroid picture mm-hmm. back then. And there's a new Polaroid now. Mm-hmm. And the one now doesn't look like the one then. So you need to adjust. Mm-hmm right yeah 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 yeah. right like people that you knew back in in canada Mm -hmm. right if they saw you now and sat down with you now they'd be like whoa
2: completely different right Mm -hmm. right
1: different look different vibe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe some things at the core are the same right and they would probably adjust Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right yeah but your parents even if you change things now, we're like, hey, mom, dad, I don't want any support from you. I'm going right. to do everything on my own right now. Right. They'd be, oh, okay. But they're going to have that Harry Potter snapshot of you yeah. that's moving and they're going to know, well,
2: no, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that, that idea? Um, I think I've tossed back and forth. I think I'm kind of in between the two. You know, I, I think um, I've definitely put myself in the lane of Polaroid and keeping myself in that. And so I think I'm still in the scenario where I am looking at that snapshot yep. from back then, right? Um, and I think going back to our last conversation of like the unknown is scary. I think that's the scary part, um, because I think I'm secure with myself, with him, you know, and who I am. Uh-huh. Um, I just fear that we're just mm-hmm. gonna go right back to it, and then I'm be stuck at his bachelor party, and I can't go anywhere. You know, and then I'll be stuck and and I don't want, like, it's his bachelor party, you know what I mean? And I don't want to bring, I feel like we have a lot of stuff to talk about and that's not going to be the place to talk about it. Right. And so it's like, I'm going to have to put on a facade for a couple of days and pretend everything's all right. Maybe. Which isn't the worst thing, I don't think. No, I mean, it's, it's not. not it's
1: not the worst thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not
1: a great thing. Right. Because it's really going to make it difficult to be present and be authentic. Right. Right. And there's, there's a way to kind of work through it mm-hmm. that involves him and a way that doesn't involve him, mm-hmm. right? And part of that is taking, getting a snapshot of him now, that Polaroid now, going, okay, so I need to adjust how I think of him in this way. Mm-hmm. But this Polaroid I had from before, I mean, they're so different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how do I bridge that? And that's you finding the bridge yourself. With me, we'll do it. Right. The other is kind of going back and going, "Hey, man, I have this Polaroid, and I don't like it, and here's why, and I need to talk about that."
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And what? And that's the part that involves him because it's kind of bringing some of this stuff out, Mm -hmm. you know, and and talking about it, hearing what he says, and hearing what you say, and that can be very healing and reparative for the relationship it's not necessary mm-hmm. in terms of can you be present in four weeks and just see a new snapshot and go okay this is it mm-hmm. right yeah you can do that but you might come back here and go all right Doug. <laughs> 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 tried it and like man all this stuff started coming up
2: all right 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 well and like the other thing too is like I'm barely wanting to go to the wedding like I, I barely want to go to that why Cause same situation where I'm not going to know anybody, you know, it, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of me having to put a face on, I feel like in that wedding. Um, and I, again, I think I'm just the person that if, if I had no conflicts coming, I'd rather just not. And cause I don't have to deal with it. You know what I mean? Sure. And so that I barely want to go to this. I really don't want to go to.
1: Well, you're talking about putting on a face in order to go. Yeah. I right. Two questions. Mm-hmm. What is the face mm-hmm. that you're putting on? Mm-hmm. And what purpose is it serving? Uh,
2: the face would be, I guess, doing what he wants to do.
1: There you have it.
0: So there you have all six minutes. <laughs>
1: His brother hit him up the other day.
0: Uh, it took me 20 listens to figure out what that first
1: you sentence gotta, You got to get the lingo of the kids these days.
0: Whatever. I'm badass.
1: <laughs> you are. You actually know more lingo than I do, which is
0: yeah, crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, so many things in these few six minutes.
1: Yeah. That's he, why we're breaking it down.
0: He invited him to the bachelor party. Yep. I was very angry at his dad for saying that he has to go, Mm -hmm. um, to support the family. Right. And of course I understand. Sure. And then we got into the Harry Potter analogy with the moving snapshots. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, the Harry Potter thing I love. Also what really got cut off is I had just thrown that two questions at him. And he answered the first, and you don't hear the second because the battery died. So I'll fill you guys in.
0: Well, before you do, please, uh, I noted, I wrote down, mm. what is the face and what purpose does it serve? And I wrote great questions.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: I really did. I love when we as therapists can just like stop and pause and break those things down because clients throw that stuff out. Right. And then we're like, wait, 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 wait.
1: Right right and it's it's something i love doing too it reminds me of you know the thing about therapists is we know there's a light bulb over your head but it's up to you to flip the switch to turn it on mm-hmm. if we just turn it on for you you don't have that realization yourself
0: right so we're not telling you but we're stopping and pausing and asking you questions that'll help you figure it out right right
1: right that's those aha moments that light bulb is on I got it. It makes sense. And that's what we're, I think, trying to drive at with this. Right. Right. So what did he say? Um, he said, so the first part he kind of nailed the, the, you know, what is the face? It's me, you know, trying to fit in with them mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and that's something we broke down a little more in the session that got cut off is what it's like to fit in with others, as opposed to looking at, can they fit in with you? Right. So we'll, we'll mold and shift and be something other than we are and not authentic and not who we are because we just want to be accepted, which is a very human thing, mm-hmm. right? The second thing, what purpose does it serve? At first he was talking about how it would, in a sense, the thing that made you angry about dad, it would preserve the family and and be the thing that, you know, is the right thing mm-hmm. or effective yeah. uh, for his family and for keeping that together. Right. And then he kind of pulled it out to, no, you know what? It's really more about my my comfort. I mean, the purpose it would serve, like I would put that face on in order to be long and be comfortable with all of them. And then I'd come home and it'd be like, that's not who I wanted to be. And right. That Yeah, that really wasn't comfortable. Okay. Right?
0: Yeah. Makes so, sense.
1: Yeah. Cool the way he kind of parsed that out. And what's really cool is we can jump forward a week kind of spinning a positive on, me not realizing the battery died, <laughs> right? So Right. Sure. but what happens in that week is he has a conversation with his dad. Right. So now we'll, we'll step out for a little while and let you listen to the session because we do dig into a lot more about the bachelor party, about going, about his comfort and and those ideas. And it comes out in how he talked to his dad and what he's realizing in our session.
0: Right. Okay. So you guys go listen to that and we'll be back.
1: We'll be right here on the couch. Okay. <laughs> how how fast paced does it feel right now? Because you seem like, I, I mean, you like the always going the twenty four seven kind of thing, but it, it's also nice to take those moments. And I I'm, I can see your yeah. face like that longing for that. Let me just chill on the beach and relax. Yeah.
2: How's your yeah. How's your pace been? Yeah, I think. Um <sighs> it's it's fast but slow right now. Day to day, super slow, but mm. within that day to day, it's really fast. So like uh, work wise, like yeah, things are things are moving, things are happening. It's like a weird balance of both. Yeah, but no, nah, I need I need to relax. I need to rest. I need to. Is
1: there uneasiness ah, in that 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 balance that you're describing? Like it sounds a lot less like it's that middle road and like it's
2: a lot of this or a lot of that like yeah. it's it's one or the other yeah and, and i definitely think there's an uneasy feeling there am i moving forward i'm moving backwards where where am i at i don't really have like a good a mile marker you know i have no mile yeah. markers right now so i'm just kind of on autopilot
1: yeah it's a weird feeling because that it's some people call it untethered yeah meaning like if you're Doing a spacewalk. Like if you were up on the shuttle and like you had to go repair something on the wing or something. Like right. that. I don't know how that works. Yeah. You go out there and you're you're tethered, you, you got that that big cord holding you and you know that you're grounded, you're okay. Right. But if that cord gets cut, you've seen enough of those movies. Yeah. You're just kind of floating in space and like free floating, and that's so,
2: so scary. So scary. So scary. Right. Yeah. And I I to a certain degree think I'm floating. But I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working. So it, it's like that weird.
1: Yeah, you just had a deep, pensive look on your face for a second.
2: Yeah. What was that? Um, I said I'm still working because like I am. I'm, I still have my job. I'm still doing what I need to do. But it's just like, that's, I think that's the unknown part. It's like an unsecured thing. You know, it's like I have my job, but I don't know if I'll have it tomorrow. Right. Which I don't think is a bad thing.
1: Not necessarily because that's there's some other knowing that I'm going to be okay. Yeah right, is that, well, I want to do my own thing anyway. So underlying, I know I'm going to be okay. And safety net of parents, right. I'm not going to starve. Right. I don't like that because I want my own independence. Absolutely. But if I know
2: I'm going to be okay, Yeah. yeah. I can breathe a little And bit. I haven't done that. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think I'm so wrapped up in uh, what could happen, what's going to happen, tell me what's happening, Yeah. that I haven't really even taken a second to be like, yeah, I'm going to be all right. Like, I am going to be all right. And I need to take that just relaxation, where I, I decompress and not, not really worry about it. Yeah. Because I think I do too much, especially with everything else that's going on. Right. Like it's just like a wild time in my life right now.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to dig into this a little bit yeah. because that 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 idea and what you're experiencing, we can apply it to just about everything in your life. Because yeah. there's going to be more wild times. There have certainly been wild times, and that not. Feeling okay, but knowing I'm going to be okay, but not making that connection.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. That's where we can strengthen something. And there might be intellectually for you a sense that I know I'm okay. Maybe some of that needs proving, like, well, I'm okay when I'm busy, when I'm working, when I'm doing this. Right. But at the core, I think you know you're going to be okay, but I don't know that you're connected to that feeling.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because I think when even when I am really busy, that's when my mind doesn't have a second to think about it. Right. You know, so I think that's why when I'm busy, I'm, I'm in my groove and that's where I see the most progression. But when I'm slow and I'm like caught up in my thoughts, that's when it gets bad. Like, yeah. like I feel like no matter what I do, like this way I'm regretting <laughs> not getting stuff done. Right. Like this way I'm regretting not relaxing.
1: Yep. Yeah, and, and that's, that, it's hard to find balance that way. It's that the expression, damned if you do, damned if you don't, in a sense. Yeah. Like, I, well, I can't win. Yeah. Okay, well, if it's not about winning, if it's about making conscious choices
2: mm-hmm.
1: and about going, hey, you know what? There's a lot of stuff I can do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not I should do, because that's going to imply a failure if you don't. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I should be chilling out, but I did this, this, and this. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how productive you are, you're going to carry some sense of failure with you because mm-hmm. you didn't do the thing that you should do. Yeah. But if you go, I can chill out, I'd like to get some stuff done first and then chill out. It's subtle, Yeah. but it's what you're telling yourself and what you're kind of retraining your brain to think. Yeah. So it's giving you more choice and more of a middle ground, more of like, yeah, let me, let me kind of find where this feels okay for me.
2: Yeah. Well, and even just hearing that I feel more in control, Hmm. you know, because to your point, I, that was my thing. I had to go do something instead of sitting back and making the choice to do something. Yeah. I feel like it was almost an autopilot, like this is what we're doing. But realizing that I have the choice is very relaxing. Yeah, it's, it's funny just watching you, your your face
1: shifted. Yeah. As you were talking about, I had to do this, I had to do that. I talk about it in the sense of uh, choice versus obligation. Mm-hmm. When something feels like an obligation, it sucks, you don't want to do it. Right. That goes back to being a kid, yeah. you know, an infant, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. No, I don't want to, right? <laughs> yeah. But if there's a choice, if you have autonomy, it, it feels good and you feel a sense of empowerment most of the time. Right. Sometimes having too much choice is just like floating in the ether, like, well, oh, I'm overwhelmed, there's too much, which way do I go, I don't know which way. Yeah. And a lot of that is based on I don't wanna make a mistake or I don't wanna get this wrong or I don't wanna disappoint somebody, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if we just bring it back to that idea of choice versus obligation, having true choice means you can just walk that way. Yeah. You can go that way and discover something for yourself all on your own and that has to be okay. So you have this obligation. Mm-hmm. That's going to feel different. Yeah, it's going to feel like you're stuck. Yeah, because we create that sense of obligation for ourselves that I have to do this. Mm-hmm. That failure if we don't,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even failure if I think other
2: right. than doing it. Right. Yeah, it's completely different.
1: Yeah. Why?
2: I think obligation is pressure, and failure comes up. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm obligated to do something. My my strict feeling on it is. Is when I'm obligated to do stuff, that's when I'm out. You know, I, I like I just don't want to do it. Right. Um there's definitely scenarios where I have to do it. You know, I, I have to, there's no choice. But I find when I choose to do stuff and, and I'm hundred percent there for my being, not for anybody else's, right, that's when I'm super successful. You know, yeah. like and that's when I get that's my my best for work, that's my best in relationships. That's when I'm the best yeah. at who I am because I want to. You know, I put effort into it and, and try. Our very first conversation, I'm either in or I'm out. Right. Right. And, and so when I choose to be in, like I'm, I'm in. Yeah. You know, when I'm obligated, that's kind of the other half. where I'm, I'm out.
1: Yeah. My, my head is spinning with examples for you. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm gonna pick one because it's the one that we scratched a little at last week. Yeah. And it's coming up. Yeah. And that's brother. Right. 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 I would guess that talking to him now and going to his bachelor party feels like, an obligation. Yeah, 100%, right, 100%, yeah. 100% obligation right now. Yeah. That's a pretty high fucking percentage, man. <laughs> it doesn't get higher, right? People are like, oh, 110%, there's no yeah. such thing. You're 100%, <laughs> right? 100% obligation right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's think about that and unpack that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Are you obligated to go to his bachelor party? I feel like yes, but I also have the choice. It's one of those weird, like, I have the feeling of obligation of, like, oh, this is what you should do. Right. But I know if I make the choice not to, like, people, like my parents are still going to love me. Like, I'm still going to go to the wedding. There's no, there's repercussion, but it's not, like, at all. Sounds like there is some choice,
1: but you're leaning towards going without really wanting yet to go. Right. Why are you leaning towards going?
2: I think it's back to I've never really had a family. And Mm. so when I find family like, situations like this, like... I don't want to not go and then 10, 15 years down the road, look back on it and be like, I should have gone. I I think the regret is is my pushing factor of like actually wanting to go. Yeah. It's not like I don't want to go to go see him. I want to go and hang out. You know, I want to go because I can foresee myself 15 years down the road being like, should have gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because you should twice there should have gone, should have gone, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's, it's. I want to make the choice now, right. but it's still in that vein of should. obligation, should. Yeah. I should go. Yeah. And let's pick that apart. I should go. You said it a couple times yeah. because it's family. Right. And we might be a family again, you know, still are, but we might right. feel like a family again. Yeah. So maybe we could say that it's important to me mm-hmm. to be there for family. Does that definitely sound like a good statement? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Say that in your words for what's true for you. I look forward to the day when my family unit's a unit again. Hmm. And I think there's going to be steps that are necessary to get there. Right. And I see this as one of them. Again, while it's not my first choice of how this problem, this, this problem, it's not a solution to my problem. Right. But I do think um, getting on the path, this is part of it. Yeah, and, and for me I think New Unknown is really scary and like that's another reason I don't want to go what's that I mean I haven't seen the dude in 10 years you know so I have, I have no idea what this scene like I don't know if I'm at a hotel I don't know if I would say a house I don't know what the activities are you know there's so, there's so much that I don't know right without even knowing who he is right that is just like yeah yeah and that there's That unknown again. Yeah.
1: Right. I'm hearing a a strong value for you, Mm -hmm. which is I do want that family unit Mm -hmm. and I want to take the right steps to get there. But the right steps is you define. Yeah. And the right steps for your definition, for your value is I will be there for his wedding. I will be there for his bachelor party because those are pivotal moments in someone's life. And I want to be there. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing to be there for him. Yeah. Because of what I value for family. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Is that fair? Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. How much of an obligation does it sound like right now, with that in mind? None. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. We went from hundred fucking percent <laughs> to none. I was expecting you might say fifty, but shit, my work <laughs> is done, dude. End of session. Let's go. Right. But that—that's. I, I think thinking of it that way is yeah. something that we don't do very consciously. Right. In fact, unconsciously. I should go. I have to go. I need to go. We're just drilling obligation into our heads. Yeah. So, naturally, a part of us is resisting that. Like you said, any obligation, I resist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But as we pick it apart, we go, wait, no, I value family. Mm-hmm. I value that family unit that I want to have 10 years down the line. Mm-hmm. I value doing these things that I think are important for family.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay, so you're absolutely choosing what's important to you. There is in that a lot of unknown, and it's weird. And, and this is just one piece along that path.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Believe it or not, you're already taking and have taken, as I've seen, yeah. huge steps on that path, yeah. which is you're talking to
2: me. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. We're we're working on this. You've been there, yeah. 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 So yeah. you're already honoring your own values and your own choices.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You believe that? Yeah, definitely.
1: You sure I'm not just full of shit? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not this hour, but yeah. maybe, yeah. Exactly. It's something that, that that unknown piece is still the scary, uncomfortable
2: piece that's still triggering for you. The, the funny thing is, is he, he texted me. Well, I texted him. I didn't initially text him back. When he invited me. Oh, right. You know, yeah, you called, days, you called, you called dad. dad. Yeah. Waited it out a little bit. Yep. We talked to you about it. And then I was like, yeah, some of the details, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up taking me back this morning and the long story short he ended it with, but don't feel like you need to go. And so I was like, Cool, there's my out, I'm I'm done, you know? And so, like, and then I realized, like, okay, I have an out. What do I want to do? Yes. You know?
1: Yeah. He released me from my obligation, but now it's my choice.
2: Yeah. 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 Which is a better feeling. I don't feel obligated on his behalf. I don't feel as obligated on my behalf, other than the regret part. Right. The direct obligation is straight from my parents. Hmm. And I think that's the hard part. That
1: idea that they're not giving you an out. Well, I mean, we can go with secret of life right here. No one's ever going to give you
2: an out, dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The outcomes from you. Right? Yeah. And that's ultimately it's being comfortable enough with yourself to be able to say what feels true at the time.
2: Yeah. And I think I said something remotely around that. Granted, my memory might not be spot on. I think I, I phrased it like Dad, I'll go if you go. And he was like, Well, I don't got the invite yet. Why did you say
1: that? What do you what was going on in your head for that one?
2: Well, that was my safety net you know of like I know my dad my dad's my boy like me and him are the same person like he's one of my like not, not just being my dad he's right. also one of my best friends yeah and so like knowing that he was gonna go I would have that safety of like okay I can go hang out with him all weekend
1: so again I'm gonna play interpreter a yeah. little bit yeah. and what I hear is hey dad if you go I would feel a lot more comfortable because I would know you and I don't really know my brother or any of his friends, and that makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. That's what I hear from you.
2: Yeah.
1: What does that sound like, hearing
2: that from me? I don't, I don't want to say childish, but I don't. If I knew my dad was going to be there, then maybe that would lead
1: to a more comfortable situation. That can become a different conversation with your dad, or believe it or not, your brother.
2: Yeah.
1: Which is, I'm. I have a hard time in social situations when I'm not comfortable. What makes me comfortable is knowing, yeah. knowing the person or knowing the environment. Something, and this is an environment I don't know with people I don't know, so I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a level of like, oh, here's what it is versus I need an out. Yeah. Or, uh, no, it's it's no, I I I don't want to. Yeah. That's why that feels childish. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So thinking about it, opening it in the way that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. where it's it's very honest. I mean, you're saying very vulnerably too, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm uncomfortable in situations where I don't know people. And I'd feel a lot more comfortable if I knew my brother. Mm-hmm. I'd feel a lot more comfortable if I knew his friends or the environment
2: or you. I don't think I would have any problem saying that to my dad by any means because I think we've had certain conversations along that line before and Mm -hmm. now talking to my brother I don't even know if I could. Well, we don't know your brother. Right. You know, I mean I would,
1: I'm saying this (laughs) for impact you barely know him better than I do Mm -hmm. and that's it's true. again that's for impact but it's, but it's, it's not true. that far off yeah. right yeah so there's there's something there but this idea that we're talking about with your dad and being able to say this to your dad what we often do when we say things like that is we're looking for something to make it better right now
2: yeah
1: right mm-hmm. i mean that's sometimes at the heart of separation anxiety it's only better when the thing i'm separated from is there again and i'm reconnected yeah. right yeah we're not connected to ourselves part of what we're trying to open up here is being vulnerable and naming something is a way to open myself and allow myself to be connected to something mm-hmm. it's not quite getting that quick solution getting that quick fix yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: It, it's a longer road because we're admitting that we're uncomfortable with something and we're just letting that float for a second
2: yeah and i, I feel like maybe like not even up until now but like. All of my life, I've always been that quick fix. Like, okay, let me get what I need, move on. I've never taken that long route, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, that's definitely yeah. something new. I think having that conversation with my dad, where where he more so understands where I'm coming from, would give him a better insight as to like why I don't want to go. I think for right now, he sees it from the outside looking in, and all he sees is that I don't, me and my brother don't get along. Right. And that's not a reason for me not to be there. Right. Whereas if I say, hey, this is why I'm uncomfortable going. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. I get it now. And would allow me to connect with him on that level. Yes. But also let me have a new point in my life where I can drop a marker and be like, okay, I did venture out and have that conversation. Yes. I can see that. Yes. I can do it again
1: absolutely beautiful i mean what we're talking about is creating new frames of reference for yourself for your brain to go oh these are the markers these are the mile markers so i can do it i can do it this way Mm -hmm. and i said we all see that that avoidance and that's a way for you to stay comfortable Mm -hmm. i would argue it's a way for you to stay uncomfortable and convince yourself that it's comfortable it's only comfortable because it's familiar Right. right right but there's something different that can happen. If we move towards that thing that we're so afraid of, if we move towards that emotion, mm-hmm. that vulnerability, then it's not that somebody's gonna make it better, sure. give you a fix, but it's what you were just describing. It's, I can meet you there mm-hmm. and I can be with you. I can understand that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can comfort you
2: yeah. in that, Yeah.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And then the more we get that comfort, the less scary it is, the more soothing it is, yeah. and comfort becomes comfortable,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's the road that we take. Yeah, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think um, I think the first thing that I thought of with that is like I want that to be my normal, mm. where it's like the normal is meet me there, versus the let me get a quick fix and keep going. Yeah, because um, I think that is my. I've normalized that.
1: Yes. Um, Well
2: said. And I think that's one of my biggest downfalls Hmm. because while I am vulnerable and I think I do a pretty good job of opening it up to people, I do a really bad job of, of being in that comfortable state. Yeah. You know, it's like I get, I either get like a high from it where it's like, okay, like cool, we're good. Right. Let's get this going again. Right. Or the opposite where it, I don't get what I need. And then all of a sudden I'm in a really, really bad spot. Not not, okay. I'm not okay. Right. You know, so it's finding that common ground again. Yeah. Of of that median where it's like, okay, I will be okay. Here's how I feel. This is what I'm doing. And this is how, why I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And just having that conversation, I think is the the best first step I could take.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, But that's how I can start that conversation. Yes. And that's, I think what I've been struggling for the longest time is that I just didn't know how to start. Yeah. And the start is just being honest.
1: Yeah, and I love it. I mean, again, that's like, I think one of the first things we said to each other, yeah. where do I start, yeah. right? We even said it, you're right, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, start in the middle we can work. Yeah. It's as you're just talking and being you, it doesn't matter what point you started at, mm-hmm. if you're being yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then it's sort of like the starting point is you being honest. And I'll take it a step further and go, it's you being vulnerable, or at least willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, that doesn't hurt me. I'm not afraid of that. It's it's exposing myself, yeah. and I'm not gonna be vulnerable everywhere I go all the time. Right. But knowing I have that capacity, and I don't have to get a quick fix, or hide something, or have an out.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, and it, it takes some mile markers. It takes some experience. It takes learning things differently because you haven't experienced that being okay,
2: right?
1: Right. Yeah. And as you and I move through some of the things that you've gone through in life and that come up in your life now, we're going to be creating new frames of reference. Right. And the skills that we're learning and the way that we're actually able to converse now and the way that you're reshaping your brain mm-hmm. is gonna make it easier to talk about some of those things when, when they come up. Yeah,
2: I think it's more in like that the consistency state that I want to be in. Yeah, where it's like I like bigger picture here. I think that once, cause I want to have that conversation with my dad. Like now, I'm excited to have that conversation. Yeah, um, and I think once that happens, it'll be a snowball effect where he'll start understanding where I'm coming from, and then he'll help me with all of that. You know, which is comfortable to me. That that's very relaxing. That's mm. very um, safe mm. to me. Yeah, uh, of knowing like I know he has my back, but I never had that that pinpoint where it was like yeah he had my back right there. Right. But at least I won't have the feeling of like I let them down
1: in mm. this scenario.
2: Yeah. Cause then they'll have a better understanding of where I'm coming from. Right. Instead of just like oh, I don't want to go. Right. Because so far I think that's all he sees from me.
1: Yeah. I don't want to go or I have an out, here it is, I'm taking the out. Right. Right. And, and that's not how I want to be seen by him. Like you said, that's all he sees for me. And that's all he's going to see unless we show more,
2: right.
1: which, uh, I mean, I will give you a lot of credit for even thinking about it, talking about it, because it takes a lot of vulnerability yeah. and that willingness to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. which is incredibly courageous and incredibly strong. People think vulnerability is synonymous with weakness. Yeah. It's not. Right. It's probably more synonymous with courage and strength, but yeah. we don't think of it that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're, you're, I think, starting to feel it and go like, wait, that feels more authentic. That's how I want to be. Yeah. And it is scary at first because we're not used to it. Anything that's new and different is going to feel uncomfortable. That unknown, yeah. that's scary. Mm-hmm. Right? I love your your willingness to think about it this way and your motivation to now talk to dad.
2: Yeah, Clay, I, think I almost felt less comfortable when he said, you don't have to go. Because then it was almost like a formality. Right. You know, once I said, I'm in, like, cool, like, to the info. Right. That's when he said, don't feel like you need to come. Right. Not on the initial, hey, here's what's happening. Don't feel like you need to come. Right. And so, like, like to that point, I almost feel like he wants it out now. Right. And here's where I'll
1: stop you. Um, yeah. Because we will do incredible mind reading here. Yeah. And... I'll go back to my 100%. We yeah. don't know what's on his mind, right? Yeah. So the, the only real way to figure that out is to ask, mm-hmm. which is scary. We often don't want to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The other side of it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what if he's just as nervous or more so than you are? Right. Right. Yeah. I bet he is. Mm. Neither one of us knows what the other is thinking. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, a perfect opportunity you go, hey, hey man, what are you thinking? Yeah. Or, hey man, here's what I'm thinking.
2: Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. And you know, and that's something we kind of talked about before like, hey man, here's me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? right? And I, I think there's potentially a conversation you can have. Have the one with dad first, yeah, right? Yeah. Kind of grow that, see that, that here's a frame of reference for this, but stay open to. I can have a conversation with my brother that just goes, you know, hey. I'd love to be there. I'm nervous because I don't really know you or know what it's going to be like. And I, I don't do well in new situations. Yeah, I, I really want to. And, I you know, I, I think it'll you know maybe be a, a step along the way to kind of having a relationship again. It's, if, you know, we're going to stay family, we can't undo that. Right. And I'd, I'd, I'd like that. Mm-hmm. That's hugely vulnerable. I'm not, like I said, you don't have to go out and have that conversation with, him, but I'm just opening that brain space because it's yeah. what I'm hearing from you. It's what I'm hearing you want. Right. I wouldn't be saying this stuff to you if your motivation was different.
2: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, I'm yeah. almost your voice in a sense. Yeah. Saying this because I've heard you say it to me.
2: Yeah.
1: Right, and I see you smiling. What's yeah, going on over there? You're
2: right. You know, I, I think uh, it is what I want. You know, and, and I think I think my difficulty is knowing how to get what I want at this point. Hmm. And I think the different frames of reference where I can change my perspective. Yeah, exactly what I need. Yeah. It's not like I mean I can do whatever I want. You know, the, at the end of the day, I can do whatever I want. Absolutely. But you know what I want. I just need to hear it back. So it it it's not just a free-floating idea. It's real at that point once I hear it. Yeah. And I think there's a huge amount of comfortability when I hear it back. Yeah. Because it's reassuring. You know, it's mm. not, because it, like right now it's like a what if. What right. if I do this? Right. What if this happens? The unknowns. Whereas like now it's like, okay, if this does happen, this is what could happen. Yeah. You know, it's more of a positive. Yeah. And not necessarily like a, oh, what if I get there and I hate everybody and it's just all bad. You know, it's like, what if I what get if? there? And what if? Yeah, It's all good. Yeah. You know, so I, I think the, the hearing it back makes more sense for me. Yeah. And I think you're saying everything I'm saying just in the different wording. It makes sense.
1: Yeah. And look, you just hit kind of one of the big cruxes of of what therapy can be, yeah. right? Which is there's all this unknown and it's so uncomfortable and I I don't know. I can't figure it out. I can't do t- the thing that we're going to know is you. Mm-hmm. You will become the constant in your own life. Yeah. Everything else, all these events that come and go, those are the variables.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once we know you, you're good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely more authentic because it's going to be more you, mm-hmm. not you piled on with all that Vader voice and all yeah, that yeah, yeah. like dark side shit that, that you've yeah. you know that you just had to gut through. Right.
2: Right. Right. Well, and and I think that in itself is a huge step for me because like, I mean, a couple of weeks prior to this, you asked me if I want to talk to my brother ever, I'd be like, no.
1: Right.
2: You know, So even having that perception of like, ah, I could call him. Exactly. It's just, it's completely different. A little while ago, I said, how much of an obligation does it feel like?
1: You said hundred yeah. percent. A little while after that, I said, how much? He said none. Yeah. How much does
2: it feel like choice versus obligation for you now? I feel like it's a hundred percent choice. A hundred percent choice because I and, think and the big three things are one, I have the choice of if I want to go, you know, and knowing if I don't go, it's not that, like he's still gonna have a bachelor party, sure, you know, it's so like that's okay. Two, I think it's more my choice now because I can go have that conversation with my dad and, ch- and not change his perspective, but give him more insight as to. How I'm feeling. And three, I think it's my choice because it's like I know I want to start that path. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Versus I'm not like I'm not obligated. The way's making me go talk to my brother say I want to. Yeah. You know? So like you put those three things together, I think that's a hundred percent choice. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's It's cool, man. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Cause it 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 feels lighter. It does. You know? Yeah. I mean, several weeks ago, we had no idea when if ever you were going to talk to your brother. You know, it was like I guess I'll go to the wedding cuz I have to, right? And that, you know, would have been 100% obligation. Yeah. And no other thought in our head about it. Right. You know, now it sounds so different. Yeah. Right? And and all the bachelor party did was accelerate the work that we were going to do. You know, I said to you many weeks ago like, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll get to your brother. Don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll deal with the wedding. We we'll, have got plenty of time." Guess what? No time. <laughs> Boom right? That's fine. We did it. Mm -hmm. We're not done. Right. You still have to do the work of creating the reference points. Right. We're just creating that space in your head where it can happen now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome.
2: I love it. Me too. I love it.
0: Just a little confused because I don't remember where it broke off and where it didn't.
1: (laughs) There wasn't much in the first phone call. I mean, the the very first thing was Drew getting a text from his brother, right, right, inviting him to the bachelor yes. party, then him talking to dad about it. Then he and I talked about what makes you more comfortable, what makes you feel uncomfortable, how to think, right? And then he talked to dad okay. more extensively about it.
0: Okay. So you guys, at some point, you talked about, which I loved, rephrasing and reframing the way you look at things. Oh, I loved the spacewalk and the tethered. That oh, yeah. is like something I might use. I'm going to use all of them.
1: Do, please. Um,
0: and whether if you have to go do something as opposed to having the choice. Right. And when you talked about choice versus obligation, immediately drew was like, "Oh."
1: Right. It all
0: right. makes sense. And you talked saying about that it's not about winning, it's about making conscious choices. Hmm. And the whole conversation when you talked about, okay, so right now the obligation to go to the bachelor party was at a hundred percent and then it ended up at zero and you're like, well, we're done here. <laughs> right, right. And I think even he was like, holy fuck, how did that happen? Right. So even for me, the way you phrased choice versus obligation, like in my mind, of course, I know that exists, but the way you phrased it so succinctly and so it was just lovely, Doug.
1: Thank you, Meredith. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I remember reading a book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior Mm. by Dan Millman. Sorry, spoilers. Um, (laughs) He's like got the happily ever after. He's standing on on the top of a hill looking down at his house where he's got a wife and a baby. And he feels an obligation to go back down to the house and be the good husband and father. And then he realizes that uh, true choice is knowing he could walk away and it would be okay, and he would be okay, and that would be okay to do. Even though we might pass judgment on that and go, no, 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 you can't do that. You got a wife and a kid. What are you thinking? And I think there's a, a gap because I think there's a second book called the, the Journey of the Peaceful Warrior or something that mm-hmm. fills in the gap of what happened in that time because he does walk away. Hmm. If I remember correctly, it's possible I'm wrong. <laughs> Um,
0: doesn't matter. Go with it.
1: <laughs> um, the idea that they were driving home in the book is this choice versus obligation. If you just go back down the hill to the house, because you have to, right? that obligation carries this weight, this, this negativity to it, this frame that, you know, you're stuck, right? Which is what Drew is expressing. I don't want to go because I'll feel stuck. Right. When you frame it and reframe it as a choice, you could go you know, and I even said to him, you could go the other way. You could go that way. Right. And I am probably pointing in session, which you can't see on a pro- yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah. Right. Yes, you, are. you can go that way. I'm even pointing to you right now. Yeah, indeed. Uh, right. And that's the freedom of choice. And when you recognize the freedom of choice, then you might actually choose to do the thing that you felt obligated to do in the beginning. But having that that freedom and having that, that sense of, of choice, it's just so much more liberating and empowering
0: yes and again and as you're saying that I'm just wondering is this a, a universal truth meaning do you think there are such things as obligations so I mean, what if the what if the mom hadn't been there with the peaceful warrior
1: what right. like if it had
0: just been the baby
1: is that an obligation to go there yeah um I would say no I would say if we're going to stick to the the letter of it and I'm just Throwing this out yeah, there, yeah, and yeah. spewing um, it's a little spew bit. Spew away. Here. That's right. It's still a choice. You would make the choice based on your own morality or integrity. Okay, sure. Right? right? When it's an obligation that I have to do this, it just feels differently. You know, to say something is a choice or an obligation is a matter of perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So shifting our perspective is right. what it's all about.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
1: If, if we're framing it as I'm obligated to do that, then you're going to have some resentment, possibly. You might not.
0: Yeah you know, I always tell when I work with kids, whether they're young kids or however old, I always tell them, you know, look, your parents have a handful of things that they are required to do for you. Obligations, whatever. Right. Roof over your head, clothes, food and
1: food, clothes, shelter.
0: Right. And that's it. Yeah. So, you know, throw some love in there. That would be nice.
1: But, nice, but not but, an obligated requirement exactly. that you have to provide.
0: Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, obviously we know none of those things happen for many children. True. But I, I do, in my mind, I think when you decide to have kids, like those are some fucking obligations. And sure, you can resent your kids. Many do. Sure. Don't have them then. Um, but, <laughs> but but you're right. I guess it can also, it's a perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's the, with great power comes great responsibility line, right? right. So if you're going to wield that power of having kids, then there's responsibility that comes with it. You have a choice to fulfill that responsibility. You don't necessarily have an obligation. Sure. Right. You might think you do. Right. You know, you're not obligated to change poopy diapers. I'm
0: that's, and again, we already know I'm not having kids (laughs) because poopy (laughs) diapers sound yucky.
1: Right. If it's an obligation to change it, you know, then you might resent doing it. You might, you know, build that or harbor that or just feel like you're stuck. If you choose it, even if you're choosing it because it's the responsible thing to do. Right. You know, I think that you're doing it for your integrity or for what you value. And that that just feels different.
0: Yeah. And so I guess also like any word, it depends on what it means to us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I like that.
0: So that's important. I think a lot of times to to look at also. For him though, it was sort of black and white in terms of his concept of like, holy shit, this makes such a difference. Right. And when you guys talked about it, he was like, oh, no brainer. Right. Like I all of a sudden it feels so much lighter. I can actually decide whether to go or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not and when you're in the midst of thinking of something like that, you don't necessarily have the objectivity to step out and see it that way. Totally. Which is, you know, a function of what therapy can be is that yeah. that helping you look at that with some perspective, right, right, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that—that's even that hundred percent. Like he said that. Like oh my god, the, the scaling
0: when you guys were talking about that yeah. and you said, you know, there is no hundred ten percent. In my mind, I was like, oh fuck yeah, there is. There is one million percent <laughs> because I am the most hyperbolic human being ever. <laughs> <laughs> the most one billion percent.
1: That's so, true. Yep. There is mm-hmm.
0: much more than 100% Doc.
1: Well, I, and you know, it's funny because my mathematical brain thinks about that. And like, is there 110%? Of course. Right. You know, 110% of 100 is 110, right? Totally. So there is, but that idea yeah. for me is like, it's pregnant or not. It's one or the other. <laughs> you know <laughs> it sure is there are some things that are binary yeah and as we're talking about that that black or white thing it's yeah. funny cuz i see him coming out of that black or white thinking right and it's sort of you know the the black white like just, yeah. just noticing it yep. and seeing it moves him, shifts him away from that binary place and yeah. shifts him onto the spectrum, which we talk about. I talk about a lot, which like is great. Just moving along the spectrum. That's fine.
0: And there are some things that are either fucking black or white.
1: True. Like, right. you know, colors, there's black and there's <laughs> white. <laughs> there sure is. And graphic designers would go, yeah, but there's quite a, a number of shades of black and white. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And he talked about not wanting to go to the bachelor party and also feeling like he would regret it in like 10 years from now, which I was just thinking right. to myself, dude, I feel like you might not regret going, not going to the bachelor party. Like <laughs> in my mind, right? just like, I sure. know it's the, it's the, the much more conceptual, right? It's not the actual event necessarily, but because he doesn't want something down the line, like what if he regrets it? And once they become like a a family unit.
1: Well, I I heard that as there's something that he's valuing, which is that family unit Mm -hmm. and preserving that. And something that he's resisting and the resistance is why you got mad at dad. Right. Right. Is that obligation? Is that, no, you need to go. And that I even said, it's like that, that childish or infantile thing. Like tell me I have to, no, I don't want to. Yep. Right. And that, that to me was what I was picking up in the room. That's sort of an intuitive feel that I got from him. Also something that we've talked about in terms of him wanting to repair with brother and and work on that and look at, I want to have a relationship with him. I knew that that was one of his values that he was holding.
0: So with his brother? Yeah. Yeah. You pointed out how he went from um, in the beginning, not wanting to talk to his brother, hell no, not happening to like, meh, okay.
1: Yeah. And I I think part of the function of that was him just softening that where the resistance was. Mm -hmm. The resistance was, I have to. Right. You know, or one of your favorites, I should. Right. He also said something I liked in here, which was towards the end, he said, um, hearing it back is really helpful. Like I reframed something And, and we do that a lot as therapists. We will reframe something and say it back to the client. It's sort of what you hinted at, Meredith, early on, like him wanting organization, organization of thoughts, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times what therapy can do is just provide you a place to help you organize your thoughts and to hear it back right? and have it, you know now makes sense to you cuz you're hearing someone else say what you've already said 100%. Right?
0: Yeah, I find that all the time. Really. 100 1 million. <laughs> I find that for myself sometimes, you mm. know, when I'm talking to someone else whether it's therapy or just conversation but I hear it back. I with my clients all the time they're like, "Oh." Right. Whether it's their words exactly right? Or just me framing it or rephrasing it.
1: Right. It's right. just
0: literally hearing it back that all of a sudden can click for them.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Anything else about the the body of the session?
0: Um. Oh, oh, when you talked about his, uh, that if his dad goes to the party, he'll feel more comfortable. Right. And I think you said something like comfort becomes comfortable. Right. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because that's, I think we even talked about this once. It might have been on here. It might have just been us chatting because we do chat outside we, of this. We do a lot. <laughs> um, and that idea of when when somebody is having a feeling, mm-hmm. right, and then the other person or they look to another person to get something that feels comfortable, it puts pressure on the other person to fix or to to make right. it better. right. And sometimes it's not about fixing or making better. It's just about allowing that person to be in whatever it is that they're feeling. Right. And that's providing comfort. And then the comfort, which is comforting, becomes more comfortable. Right. So we actually wind up getting to a place of comfortable by virtue of sharing being uncomfortable. Exactly. So for the next session, I think we can sort of preview that he's going to talk to dad a little more based on what you know, the conversation he and I just had was, and we will talk a little bit about some of the triggers that he was noticing, you know, with interactions with him, his girlfriend.
0: Lots of good stuff coming up.
1: That's right. Ooh. And the Star Wars reference. Oh my God. That analogy comes up in the next one.
0: You guys just wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just wait. Just listen. Go to com and tell us almost everything.
0: Ask us questions. Email us.
1: Uh, we love hearing from you guys. Come back next week.
0: Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.